0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the show. So today we've got a property update. Now there's been so much happening within the world of politics and, you know, I don't really know myself which way it's going to go. I hope I can kind of guess which way it's going to go, but this isn't a politics podcast. So what I'm going to do today is give you some of the things that The Telegraph have said about property over the last week or so and what they think is going to happen moving forward. So the Telegraph today have got a headline saying politicians have decided that second homes are evil, but that won't solve Britain's housing crisis. So this is an article by uh, Melissa Lawford from the Telegraph. So it goes on to say that the manifesto rhetoric last week was very clear. Owning more than one property is a little bit evil. And Labour plans to bring in an annual 200% council tax surcharge on holiday homes. I'm going to read that again. Labour plans to bring in an annual 200% council tax surcharge on holiday homes. The Liberal Democrats go even one better with a 500% council tax increase on second homes. So for a Band-D property in Bristol, for example, that would mean an extra yearly bill of 9000 £910. Now, that is just phenomenal. The taxes will be uh, funding, sorry, the taxes will fund building, but the policy wording also paints second homes as casual factors in Britain's housing shortage. Labour says the surcharge will help deal with the homeless crisis. So, is the age-old British dream of a holiday home dead Is it immoral to own more than one property? And you know what, folks, I've got a holiday home, we rent it out. Um, You know, does that mean now that that's going to kill it? I hope it doesn't. Well, you know, um, the kind of moralising is misguided and doesn't solve the problem. So... For starters, few holiday homes are in the key employment centres where the people priced out of the housing market need to live. So by definition, gateways are desirable for the escape from the big cities that they offer. And to date in 2019, 3.6% of purchased dwellings in Great Britain were second homes, according to Hamptons International. And in the employment centres of Oxford, London, Bradford and Coventry, among the top 10 cities in the UK, by second home ownership. The 2019 second home market shares were 1.4, 1.2 and 1.1 and 1%, respectively, according to Centre for Cities. There should be a differential between the vacant um, properties in the capital and more rural areas such as North Norfolk or the Isles of Scilly, where almost 1 in 10 properties are second homes, would you believe? According to the 2019 Council Tax Base, So secondly, holiday homes are pretty small fry and if the parties care about freeing up stock, they should instead focus on downsizes. Labour estimates that there are 176,157 holiday homes in the UK. According to the latest English housing survey, which was uh, 2017-2018, the total number of owner-occupied Households age 65 plus with two or more bedrooms spare is 3.5 million. As Britain's population gets older, this number is only ever going to increase. Many households have good reasons to have spare bedrooms, says Lawrence Bowles of Estate Agents Savills, but many are staying put because it often doesn't make financial sense for people to downsize. And two thirds of homeowners aged 65 have two or more bedrooms spare, compared to just one fifth of those renting. He says, if downsizing was incentivised, stock could be freed up for families on a large scale. And the Lib Dems included a vague note on this, but no policy outline. Labour's pledge to reverse the main residence nil-rated band which currently allows couples to pass on up to £1 million worth of property free of inheritance tax, could spur older buyers to sell up sooner. But Labour's approach is all stick and no carrot. Landlords and second homeowners have long been a political football. Labour's pledge to introduce rent caps... Uh, fund tenant unions and to tax capital gains under the income tax system, following the footsteps of the Tories, cuts to the mortgage and interest rate relief, the 3% point surcharge on second homes and reductions in capital gains tax relief for landlords. The policies can temper house prices and they are a way to cast any government as a kind of Robin Hood, but second homes aren't at the heart of the housing crisis and they certainly... Shouldn't become a distraction from the thing that really matters whether any government actually builds as many genuinely affordable homes as they say they will. So what do you think, folks? You know, I mean, I think very often we get the old dagger in the back when it comes to property investing. It's going to be very interesting times ahead. Let's see what happens after the 12th of December. But that article was written by Melissa Lawford uh, from The Telegraph. And I think it does raise, you know, some very good points. Now, uh, I don't want to turn this into a political debate. Well, it can't be a debate because it's a podcast. But I think, you know, certain policies and certain manifestos are clearly never going to work for us in the property sector. So that's a bit of a snippet for you today, folks, just a bit of a bonus. And don't forget, you can follow us on the HMO and property community group on Facebook. Now we have just been nominated for uh, well, actually we got into the finals of the best property group on Facebook for 2019. So for those of you that do follow me in in the property group. Uh, thank you so much for making the community what it is. Forever grateful for all of the support and for all of the um, of the interaction that we get from every member in the group. So folks, we are at the Property Investors Awards on Saturday, this Saturday coming. So if you listen to this, um, you know, in two weeks time, then obviously we should know whether or not we have won. But I want to continue to make the group absolutely awesome as we do with this podcast. So until then, folks, have a great day and I'll be back here quite soon.